Today we will look at the passage Acts chapter 5. If you look at Acts chapter 5 verses 12 to 16, it is the third summary of what happened in Jerusalem, uh, the Christian mission or apostolic mission or the mission by the apostles. We see great success in a mission. Uh, God is working powerfully to them. They, we heard of the, the apostles performing many signs and wonders among the people. Astounding miracles uh, happened. Uh, the people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Apparently, uh, some of them believe that uh, the shadow of uh, Peter, uh, when, they, when the shadow uh, falls on them, they could be healed. Uh, so we could see the astounding uh, miracles happening. Uh, it is recorded as signs and wonder. Uh, we know that God is working powerfully. Not only miracles are happening, but conversion also took place. By that time, more than 5,000 uh, people were already added uh, to the church. Um, so as a result of that, uh, you could see that the apostles were gaining popularity with the people. People flocked to them to listen to their uh, preaching and their teaching. And their influence... Uh, was growing, and as a result of that, uh, we look at verse 17. In my NIV Bible, it says that then the high priest and all his associates were, uh, were filled with jealousy. So we could see the, uh, the, the religious people were filled with jealousy. The continuing success of the Christian mission at Jerusalem had deepened jealousy and antagonism, particularly uh, of the Sadducees. The, uh, in fact, the Sadducees, uh, they were the one controlling the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin is the highest uh, Jewish religious authority, comprising 71 members. And they were the one, uh, these Sanhedrin members were the one that interrogated uh, Peter and John. And now in our reading, we see that the other apostles were also being interrogated. In fact, uh, they were arrested. If you look at verses 17 until verses 42, uh, we could see uh, the religious authorities try various ways uh, to silence the apostles. If they succeeded in silencing the apostles, uh, they would invariably succeed in silencing the gospel. But we know that God intended the gospel to be preached and proclaimed because God wanted the apostles and the church uh, the disciples of Christ, to be witnesses of Jesus. And so the religious authorities, the one that uh, put Jesus uh, to be trial, you know, on trial and to be crucified. And in this passage, we see the various way in which they try to silence the 
apostles. And in fact, these are the common forms uh, that people use uh, throughout centuries to try to silence the gospel by silencing the messengers of the gospel. Firstly, through imprisonment, uh, chapter 5, verse 18, uh, tells us that uh, uh, the religious authority arrested the apostles and put them in the public, public jail. This was the second time they did that. And then verses 27 to 28, we see the interrogation. Uh, uh, the interrogation is to frighten them, uh, to, to terrify them, and so that the, they would uh, be fearful to go on preaching the gospel. And then in chapter 5, verse 40, uh, the religious authorities beat them up, beat the apostles up. The physical beatings have also been used. Torture of various form have been used against uh, Christians, those who preach the gospel. And of course, the death threats. And finally, uh, death itself, putting the people, uh, the believers, or the, uh, uh, the apostles, or the messenger of the gospel uh, to death. And these are the ways in which uh, the hostility and the opposition or the persecution meted out to those who would want to persist in preaching the gospel. Now, Luke wrote the Acts not merely as a history of how the church uh, began to grow, in the midst of hostility and opposition and persecution. But Luke wrote as a theological history of the working of God, how the gospel is spread from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria and to the ends of the world. And Luke intended to show uh, to the readers, uh, to the Christians, and in fact, it is for, uh, for us as well, why any attempt to silence the gospel is doomed to fail. Uh, the theological history is intended to show us why any attempt to silence the gospel is doomed to fail. Simply because God is totally behind all that we are doing. Uh, God is totally behind all the evangelistic activities. And we can see that throughout uh, the book of Acts. There are three things here. We could see why any attempt to silence the gospel is doomed to fail. Uh, Luke actually highlighted three reasons. Number one, uh, we see that divine power continue to work through the messengers of the gospel. That is the God working through the apostles or through Messengers of the gospel, including uh, uh, us who are preaching the gospel, and the divine power continue, continues to work through uh, the apostles, show that God intended the gospel to advance. God intended the gospel to be spread far and wide. And so when you see the report that the signs and wonders are performed by the apostles, or miracles are happening, uh, even today, miracles are happening. But the signs and wonders uh, uh, were done uh, to authenticate the apostles, to affirm the apostles uh, that God endorsed the gospel that they preach. So the persistent attempts to, 
stop the messengers uh, of the gospel to teach and preach that Jesus Christ, uh, that Jesus is Christ, will not succeed. Uh, it will not. It will not succeed. So divine power continues to work through uh, the messengers of the gospel. Show the intention of God that the gospel should be spread far and wide and continue to advance. And secondly, we look at uh, the uh, verses 18 onwards, we see the, the intervention of the angels, angelic intervention, also show that God will not let his gospel be silenced. Uh, as I said that Luke was writing the history as a theological history, and he intended the readers to know that God will never let his gospel be silenced. And so God will use various ways. And one of the ways in which he uses the sending the angels to intervene. Uh, and so those who oppose the gospel are on a collision course with God. Um, so we read from uh, verses 18 onwards. Uh, we see that the religious authority, they arrested the apostles and put them, uh, put them in a public jail. And verse 19 say that during the night, an angel of the Lord, uh, we are not told uh, the identity of the angel of the Lord. Uh, we can take it as an angel. Uh, angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. How it happened? How did the angel succeed in opening the jail uh, and as a story, uh, uh, as we look, uh, uh, read of the story, we can see that the, the officers found the jail securely locked the next morning when they went to uh, 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 take the apostles out. They found the, actually the, the doors, the, the jail doors being locked and, uh, and no one inside. And it's empty. How this happened is really a miracle. And of course, the angel has power to do that. Um, and, and, and during the night, it happened. And the angel opened the doors and let the apostles out. Now, it's not just Peter and John. Uh, it is the, the apostles. could be the whole group of the apostles. Uh, uh, the angels let them out. And verse 20 say that, the angel actually instructed them, go stand in the temple courts. Now the temple, court, temple courts is the, the temple is the center of the Jewish religion, Judaism. And, and, the, and the angels instructed the apostles to go stand in the temple courts and tell the people all about this new life. Now, obviously, <clears throat> the angel wanted the apostles to continue to preach Jesus as the Christ. And that through Jesus, people who repented <coughs> and believe in him <coughs> will receive new life. Now, the instruction of the <coughs> angel underscore the importance and the urgency of evangelism. <clears throat> that God intended that, the, as I said earlier, God intended the gospel to continue to be proclaimed. 
Now we see in the various part of the book of Acts, the divine encouragement to persist in witness in spite of the threats. In fact, it's a recurrent theme in Acts. If you look at Acts chapter 431, Acts chapter 18, verses 9 and 10. <clears throat> Repeatedly, we can see the instruction either by angels or by the word of God, by God himself, telling the apostles uh, to go on witnessing and not to be afraid of the threats of the people. This underscores the, the importance and the urgency of evangelism. Now, the apostles, including as well as uh, uh, messengers, any messengers of the gospel, need constant encouragement uh, because it is easy to lose passion for evangelism, especially in the face of opposition. Now, why is it important to continue to witness? We know that the message of the gospel is so important that it is simply that it must be shared to all people. God's salvation in Christ is the answer of God to the world, of the, of the, of the sin problem. There's no other way. In fact, we have heard in Acts chapter 4 that there is no uh, salvation apart from Jesus Christ. Uh, so the message is important. It is urgent. And every person needs to hear of this gospel. And so we see that uh, the angel instruct uh, the apostles uh, as they let them out, as the angel let them out of the jail and to go back to the temple and to preach the message that Jesus is the Christ. Now we are told, we are told that uh, the apostles did just that early in the next morning because when the... Uh, Sanhedrin council sent uh, the officers to go and uh, uh, bring them out from the prison and they did not find them. They went to the temple court because uh, someone came and told them, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. And at that, the captain went with his officers and brought the uh, apostles. Uh, they actually found them right at the very place when they were first arrested. In other words, the apostles, they were not uh, afraid that they will be put back into the prison. Uh, so we can see their persistency in, uh, in uh, preaching the gospel. I would like you to put down in your chat, uh, how would you respond? Uh, how would you respond if they are repeated attempts to stop you from sharing the gospel. Now, what, how would you respond? What would your response be? What if you are being threatened and you know the likelihood of being put into prison or, or beaten up uh, if you are preaching to a certain uh, groups of people in a country? Now, if you were to preach a gospel to a particular group of uh, people in a country, you know that the religious authority will come after you. You might be in prison. And preaching the gospel in a pluralistic society can be challenging. Now, how would you, how would you respond? What would your response be uh, if a repeated attempts to uh, 
to uh, stop you from preaching. I'd like you to take a few minutes to respond to that. <coughs> how how would you how would you uh, respond to that? <coughs> if there are repeated attempts to stop you from sharing the gospel. Okay, if not, I will ask you another question. Uh, is it worth to persevere to keep on preaching the gospel if your life is being threatened or if you continue to receive uh, 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 threats or being opposed or being persecuted? Is it worth to persevere? Is it worth to persevere? You look at the apostles, uh, they went back to the very place uh, when, they, when they were arrested. Is it worth is it worth to go through all this? Uh, yes, uh, from Sandy and, and Mandy's family, you say yes. Why is it worth? Why is it worth to persist in preaching the gospel in spite of uh, hostility, opposition, and even persecution? Okay, Yinfang, uh, you say that not announce the gospel in public. Of, uh, yeah, maybe there's a, a, a way of doing it, but quietly. Uh, but even when you do it quietly, if someone were to re someone uh, 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 was to report you, and then you might uh, have problem with the authority. Uh, okay, so the the idea is that. Uh, if Jesus is the Christ, if Jesus is the only way in which men and women can be saved, uh, there's no salvation apart from Jesus, then it is important for us to announce this gospel. Uh, how you announce it, whether publicly or privately or quietly, I think uh, what is required of us is to share the gospel is to witness for Christ and be prepared for uh, whatever uh, uh, things may happen to us. But we can trust God's intervention. Uh, in the case like the uh, apostles, uh, God sent an in angels to intervene. But we also know that, uh, that God may not, may not deliver the messengers of the gospel. Uh, in history of the Christian mission, we know that God do not, does not always deliver the messages of the gospel. Uh, in the case of many uh, stories that we, we know of, uh, there are no miraculous intervention. It does not always happen, but it does happen to the apostles here. Now, what we learn from this passage that God can deliver uh, the messengers of the gospel, if God wishes. Our task is to obey his, his call. And this is what we must concentrate on and leave the rest in the, in the, in the hands of God. We may feel fearful, uh, but we can always look to God. Now, you know, in the Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, uh, they express this attitude when King Nebuchadnezzar 
threatened to throw them into the fiery furnace if they refused to obey him. Uh, when the king Nebuchadnezzar actually threatened to throw them into the fiery furnace. And the three men replied, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, then uh, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. Uh, they told the king. But knowing that God may not do this, they added, but even if God does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now, what do we learn from this? Miraculous deliverance or not, our primary responsibility is to be obedient to God in faithfully sharing or preaching the gospel. God may bring about deliverance, but God may not. Even if he does not, we are told to be faithful, uh, to keep on sharing the gospel. So we, do, we can leave uh, this into the hand of God. So each time God intervenes, the gospel move, moves forward and that we can trust God to do that. And thirdly, we see the intervention of Gamaliel. Uh, Pete, next slide. Uh, we see the intervention of Gamaliel. Uh, a teacher of the law is another indication of the divine intervention that God protected his messenger so that they could continue to preach the gospel. Uh, we look at verses uh, 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 on uh, 30, let me see, 33, 34 onwards. Uh, when the Sanhedrin council uh, making threats, interrogating them and, uh, and uh, threatening them to uh, and, uh, say that uh, we give you strict orders not to preach in this name. And yet you fill Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty uh, of this man's uh, blood. And then uh, the apostles responded by, by, by saying that we rather obey God rather than man and say that we are witnesses of this thing. And so is the Holy Spirit. And then the religious authorities, the, 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 the high priest and his associates, and they were furious and wanted to put them to death, wanted to put the apostles to death. And then in verses 34 <coughs> to 38 or to 39, uh, we read of the intervention of Gamaliel. Again, this is the inter we see the uh, indication of the divine inter intervention that God actually protected uh, uh, the apostles. Without the God intervening, I think the uh, religious authorities would have put uh, the apostles to death because they, they were so angry and they wanted to put, put the apostles to death. And so uh, 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 a Pharisee by the name Gamaliel, uh, highly honored by the people, he stood up. He basically uh, rehashed the history of two incidences. Uh, Tedios uh, claiming to be somebody and then 400 men rallied to him, but Thaddeus was killed and all his followers were, were dispersed and it came to nothing. And the second incident was Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt and he too was killed. 
and all his followers were scattered. What actually Gamaliel was trying to uh, tell the Sanhedrin council, I think he himself was one of the members of the Sanhedrin. He said that if Jesus was really the Messiah and, 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 and if the, the followers now, the apostles were preaching him, uh, if, he, if Jesus was really the Messiah, uh, we will be having problem in overthrowing this movement. But if Jesus is not, not really the Messiah, then you don't have to be afraid. And, and uh, like Thaddeus and the Judas, and these apostles will also be scattered. Leave this man alone. He said, I advise you, let them go. If their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, we will not be able to stop this man. You will only find yourself fighting against God. I think Gamaliel's uh, words of wisdom was heeded by the Sanhedrin council. In fact, throughout the centuries, this has always been the, the wisdom that uh, the church uh, took heed to that. If really that the, the Christian mission is from God, it will succeed. And in fact, we can see in the book of Acts, it actually succeeded in spreading from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, to the ends of the world. And of course, in the Acts chapter 5, we are focusing on the, on the mission uh, in Jerusalem. And so his speech really persuaded the Sanhedrin council. And so what they did, basically, they had the apostles uh, beaten up and flogging and flogged and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So three things we can see that... Uh, uh, that the, why the opposition to the gospel is doomed to fail. Uh, we see God endorsing the gospel through signs and wonder. Uh, we see the miraculous intervention of uh, angels, and we see the intervention of Gamaliel, that God used Gamaliel to intervene, to protect his messengers so that they could continue to preach the gospel. Uh, so the gospel will continue to move forward, and it has been so throughout the centuries. So Acts chapter 5, verses 12 to 42, show us that any attempt to silence the gospel will not succeed. God will ensure in multiple ways that the gospel will continue to advance. And each time when God intervenes, the gospel will move forward. So what should our response be? Yeah, Linda and uh, Manika, you rightly say the gospel is unstoppable. And that will give us the, uh, the motivation and the encouragement to go on sharing the gospel uh, in the midst of opposition. Uh, so how should we respond? How should we respond? Uh, I would uh, uh, share with you uh, five ways and then I will end the sermon. Firstly, we must like the apostles, we must obey God rather than men, no matter how powerful they may be. Uh, we must obey God. I think it is a mandate given to us to be the witnesses of Christ from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the world. 
our Jerusalem can be in our home, can be in our workplace, can be in Puchong, can be in Klang Valley. That is our Jerusalem. We must obey God rather than men, rather than the, the authority. Uh, when, the, when there is a clash between the, uh, between the instruction of the government and the mandate of God, then we can choose, we must choose to obey God rather than men, uh, no matter how powerful uh, the authorities may be. But of course, when we say we must obey God rather than men, it means that we must prepare for whatever consequence. It may be imprisonment, it may be death, whatever it may be. If we firmly believe in the gospel that we preach, then we must be prepared for the price that uh, uh, to be prepared to pay for the price. And secondly, we must not cave in to threats, uh, but to expect opposition. <clears throat> Jesus had already uh, prepared the apostles, uh, his disciples, uh, that the disciples are not higher than the master. Uh, Jesus said, if I as your master is being persecuted, so you too will be persecuted. So persecution is inevitable if we preach the gospel. Uh, we must not cave into threats and expect opposition. Uh, we, earlier, I also mentioned that God may not always deliver the messenger uh, from dead threats, uh, but we can leave the consequence to God. We are called to be faithful witnesses of Jesus. We are called to be faithful to preach the gospel. If we firmly believe that Jesus is the Christ, if we firmly believe that Jesus is the only Messiah, there's no other Messiah, there's no other Savior, and that God has made Jesus to be the Messiah and to be the Lord. He made Christ to be the Messiah because God's plan is that through his death, salvation will come to the world. And God has made Jesus to be the Lord because God resurrected him and vindicated him. And God exalted Jesus to the highest place and thereby making him to be the prince and the Lord, as the passage shows us. And therefore, uh, through the crucifixion, through the resurrection, and through the ascension and the exaltation, we know that Jesus is the Messiah and the Lord. And therefore, we must not uh, cave into opposition and we must expect uh, opposition. Uh, thirdly, we must count it worthy to suffer shame for the name of Jesus in verse 41. Uh, when the apostles were being flocked and being threatened and ordered not to speak in the name of Jesus and they were being released and we are told that the apostles left the Sanhedrin council rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. And day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, <clears throat> they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. They went back to the very place when they first started preaching the gospel, the very place where they had been arrested and put into the jail, put into the prison for two times. And they know that they will again be arrested 
and they were not afraid. And, and it is counter-cultural. Their response is counter-culture. Uh, you can see that they were rejoicing after being flogged and beaten up, threatened, and they were rejoicing. Their hearts were filled with so much joy. It is really counter-cultural. Uh, so I think here we take a leaf from the life of the apostles. We must count it worthy to suffer shame. Honor Honored by the dishonor. Suffering shame for Christ demonstrate our loyalty to Christ. Suffering shame for Christ really demonstrate that what we believe to be true. Uh, so, and, and we know that uh, this is counter-cultural. And if we firmly believe the message of the gospel that we preach, then suffering shame is something that we are nothing to be uh, uh, shameful of. Suffering shame is something for Jesus Christ. It's something will bring a lot of joy to us because we know that uh, uh, it really reveals uh, what we truly believe and our loyalty to Jesus. And therefore, we can rejoice. We know that Jesus suffered shame for us. He endured the cross for us even to the point of death, so that we might be saved. There's a story of a Christian leader uh, in South Africa who endured a severe persecution in the prison. And, um, and he said the thing that sustained him during his time in the prison, I find this to be very encouraging. He said that the knowledge of Jesus uh, who had also been on the wrong side of the whip. Uh, that means uh, Jesus has also been flogged. Uh, and, and the knowledge of that, uh, and also the knowledge that Jesus was also present with him, uh, that was enough to sustain him uh, in, the, in the prison. That Jesus himself was also flogged and also was uh, being beaten up and he endured the shame. And the Jesus was with him, uh, presence with him in the prison. He said, this is enough for me to go through whatever I'm going through. And I find this to be very encouraging. Jesus is really the Christ and the Lord. And it is a privilege given to anyone, any disciple uh, to suffer for him and his gospel. So obedience to God in preaching the gospel opens one up to persecution, but one should consider it to be a great privilege to suffer for Jesus and his gospel. So when you suffer shame, you can actually rejoice uh, that you count it worthy to suffer for the Messiah and for your Lord. And fourthly, uh, no, I already said the fourth point that we can rejoice when we suffer for Jesus. And fifthly, in verse 42, uh, we are told that day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, the apostles never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So we must not stop evangelizing. Look at the apostles far from reducing uh, the, the, the frequency and, uh, and the opportunities of evangelism. 
uh, the beating and the imprisonment resulted actually in increased evangelistic intensity. They never stopped uh, uh, from preaching the gospel. They never stopped preaching the gospel, uh, uh, not only publicly, but also privately from house to house. They never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. So what am I saying, uh, church? Really, when you are being opposed, when you have people who laugh at you and uh, ridicule you, when you face hostility, when you are being uh, uh, threatened or receive death threats, it only goes to show that what you really have been believing in is true. Uh, what you preach is something worthy, uh, worthy uh, uh, for people to know, and that should really increase in the intensity for you to continue on preaching the gospel. It should not stop you from doing so, either privately or publicly, and in multi multiple ways on bringing the gospel uh, to the people that you know, either your loved ones who have not believed or your friends in the workplace, uh, or, or whichever context that God put you in. So the gospel cannot be stopped because God has never intended the gospel to be silenced. God wants the gospel to be heard by every single person. God wants the gospel to be spread far and wide. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word encouraging us to unceasingly share the gospel when you give us the opportunity or even we may seize every opportunity uh, to share the gospel or to proclaim the gospel. Help us uh, not to be afraid. Lord, naturally, we are fearful particularly preaching to a particular group of people in our country. But your mandate of the preaching the gospel is for everyone. Um, so we do ask that your word will uh, strengthen our faith, uh, encourages us uh, not to be afraid that you can intervene. Even if you do not intervene, should you... Uh, allow us to be imprisoned, to be beaten up, may we count it a great joy, a great privilege uh, to suffer shame for your name, for the name of Jesus. Because Jesus had suffered shame on our behalf for our salvation. So Lord, may our hearts continue to fill with great joy of who Jesus is. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.